Will you remember me? Local business neglect is happening all around you. This is a difficult time for all of us. Help us help them by getting your next meal or coffee from your favorite local business. Remember local businesses. Take a look at Dead Inside Caffeinated Podcast at gmail.com. Instagram at Dead Inside But Caffeinated. Facebook, Dead Inside But Caffeinated. All right. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. We're taking that right out. <laughs> oh, no. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Laura. We are Dead Inside. We are getting caffeinated here with guest Bill. Bill, an amazing man, former military, powerlifter, 57th strongest man in America at one point, Twitch streamer, video game caster, and all-around good guy, Bill. What's going on, Bill? Not a lot. Just happy to be here. Gay! <laughs> <laughs> how, how did we meet you, Bill? Through work is where we met. We meet a lot of people through work. Yeah. Seems well, there's a recurring theme here with us. Yeah. Well, you know, you start with the tight group. Yeah. And then you build out. Yeah. We're tight like a toiger. Yeah. Are you part of the, so you're part of the tight group? Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The new tin can has opened in Kalamazoo. Um, if you've been there recently, you might have heard, what, what was that song, Bill? Darude Sandstorm. If you've heard Darude Sandstorm 12 times in a row. That is because Bill decided to make it happen again and again and again and again. And the next day, Bill had the gall to comment to Tin Can, Kalamazoo, on their Facebook and say, hey, what the hell? The music was shit. <laughs> but you were the- I mean, in so many words, that's what happened. <laughs> but you were the fucker playing it. Yeah. And in between those songs, I played Cotton Eye Joe because you can't just cue up the same song over and over again. Of course, of course. I'm not gonna lie, I do love Cotton Eye Joe, but only for one round. They, you know what? It's, it's it's funny because they have one copy of Darude Sandstorm on that little app that you use on the jukebox there. Oh yeah, touch and tunes. Yeah, there's like five different versions of Cotton Eye Joe. I didn't know there were more versions. There's- yeah, well, there you go. If you view us on Instagram, by the way, listeners, dead inside but caffeinated, uh, we're going to have some pictures of Bill up there. A, a very good one of you powerlifting. And I'm kind of curious, to get to be the 57th strongest man, what got you into that? When I got out of the military, it was the best piece of advice that I had ever heard was get a hobby to put your energy into. And I'd like going to the gym, but... I was always following like bodybuilding workouts and I'd always stop after four months. I would just be out of the gym for an extended period of time and then be like, oh, I got to get back into it. And I would do the same thing. Your heart wasn't in it, though. No, it wasn't because it's it's kind of hard to see the changes as a bigger dude. Um, Like, yeah, you can cut and see more muscle definition, but. When you're a natty lifter, half a pound a month of muscle maybe you're putting on when you're a few years into the process. So wasn't really seeing any advancement. So I started watching some people on YouTube and they were like, oh, try this powerlifting stuff. That's why I got into it. And it was awesome because 
I was seeing numbers just move up and through like you set your maxes at the beginning. I, I could bench like 225 for three. Just use a little simple calculator. You use all this simple math to see how your lifts will progress. And then you try it again at week 17. And it was always cool to see these huge jumps. And also, that's it was like what kept me into it. It was like scheduled. Like you could you could plan out the increase with something like that. Yeah. Okay. As a power lifter, you obviously couldn't eat like shit, right? Well, you can't. I mean, I followed the. <laughs> well, you can. You can't. I followed the uh, if it fits your macros lifestyle. Um, oh, for yeah. anyone uninitiated. It's basically you put into your your weight and like how active you are and how much you work out at the gym. And it says, okay, according to this, you need these macros, which are carbs, fats, protein. Um, so every week I would try to find some recipes, meal prep all those, keep track of what I was taking in. That was pretty much every time, like the whole week, the whole time. How long did it take for you to break the habit of eating like shit and sticking to your macros? It was actually really easy uh, when I first started because uh, when I first started powerlifting, I was going to school. I just got out of the army, so I was living back home with my parents. So I was eating whatever my mom cooked. Nice. And everyone knows no mom cooks healthy. And when I moved to Cali for my first first job post-military uh it was really easy because the only food i had in my apartment was food for the week there was no like snacks or anything in there if i was hungry it was like well you can either eat dinner early or stop being hungry i like snackies and appies yeah my problem but then i started doing like an extra half hour of cardio after work uh-huh. And then uh, I would eat a tablespoon of peanut butter at night. So kind of counteracted. That was nice. <laughs> when you were out in Cali doing this thing, how many competitions would you say you competed in? I only did two while I was there. You only did two? Only two. And you're ranked the 57th strongest man? That was uh, the third one I did, but that one was here in Michigan. Okay. And that was out of the, it's a top 100 list on the federation I competed in. Gotcha. So out of all those people by, by total, and your total is take your squat, deadlift, and bench, add those, add the weight together. That's your total. So by total, I'm uh, not taking weight into account. That's like where you landed on the list. I gotcha. There's no weight classes then. It's just not for top 100. But okay. There are weight classes in powerlifting. <laughs> that was my next question. Is a I'm thinking of a 100-pound dude. Obviously, he can't lift the same as a 340-pound dude. Yeah. So how is it? Is it based off of averages? Like, how do they How do they determine? So it's brackets. For the lowest for men, I think it's about 135 to, like, 148. Uh-huh. And then it'll go 148 to 160 to 175 to 185 to... 200 pounds and then 220 248 275 and anything over 275 is uh super heavyweight that's like thor right half uh half thor bjornson yes. yeah yeah <laughs> like the strongest dude yeah his girlfriend's like less than half of his size 
and I always see those memes of a little gerbil trying to eat a log. The of, little gerbil with yeah. the uh, water. The log dispenser. of sausage. Oh, because that's his dick. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there an equivalent in the 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 strongman community to a puck money? I don't know. That's not something. I mean, there's people who are into fitness, obviously, and meet at the gym and what do you, what would you, there you go but what would be a good term for those girls walking around the competitions trying to catch them a, a strong man what would you call that why wouldn't you just call them barbells you know i mean yeah there oh, we go e l l e boom barbells oh. oh you got it that's the one done done so three competitions 57 strongest man yep in those three competitions have you made any kind of lifelong friends well, I wouldn't say lifelong friends, but since I've known them, I mean, we've kept up. Uh, the first competition I went to, um, I was super nervous, and I was sitting outside of this gym that's, it was like a shack. Like, it, it was so small, this little gym in the middle of nowhere, like an hour outside of Reno, and I'm, I'm like, man, I think I'm early, like, no one's here, and... I don't know what to do. And so I have all my gear in the bag and I see two people get out of their car and start walking up. And then they stop for a second, look at each other, start walking back. And I was like, okay, they have to be here for it. And the, I noticed on the girl, her hamstrings, I was like, that girl lifts. So she's got to be here for this. Right. So I walked up to him and says, hey, you guys here for the competition? They said, yes. Uh, so we all went in together. We ended up um, recording each other's lifts for the competition so we could post to our Instagrams. We talked a lot because they lived up in the Bay Area and I was down in L.A. So we would talk about like training and, hey, did you see like this person? Do you follow this person? All this nonsense about like fitness and things. And um, I... I talk to him pretty regularly this last year my now fiance and i went to disneyland before we went to blizzcon i was i had to go to the car to go check into our hotel because we got there super early and as i'm walking out i hear hey bill from behind me i turn around it's those two people that i met in my first lift and we were it was like years prior it, it was just like you know like that that feeling you see when you haven't seen a friend in a while you're like run up in slow-mo and like hug in the air you know did that happen you hugged in the air no we didn't hug in the air but that's well, how i'm gonna remember it forever okay. okay but it was just really cool seeing them like we talked about like powerlifting and stuff and i had to cut it short because i had to go check into the hotel and like <laughs> I was still waiting to find a moment to propose to my then girlfriend. What, so, uh, what's this? How did you propose to your then girlfriend, by the way? Um, was that, was that, uh, was that like a, a big deal? Was it a lot of people around? No, Josh. No. Proposing's never a big deal to anyone whatsoever. Didn't no, there so. wasn't a lot of people. It's a, it's a long story. It took a lot of effort. Wasn't um, it in a parking lot? That's what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah, I was in a parking lot. But, if you say it like that, it just takes all the magic out of it, you know, because it was fucking magical, Josh. <clears throat> it was at Disney. OK, yeah. The Disney parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, didn't you uh, were you going to go into competitions at all? I wanted to. It wasn't for powerlifting. I wanted to go into um, physique, like comp competing for physique. What's the difference? Powerlifting. You actually lift weights. Physique. 
it's what your body looks like. And they gotcha. judge you in different categories based off that. But really enjoying food. And I could never cut enough to be where I needed to be to do it. So every time I started, every three times that I started, I never finished. Food. Oh, I finished food. <laughs> I, I never finished uh, the cut to make it to where I needed to be. Plus, that cut's intense for those people that get up on stage like that. It really is. You were talking about the, like, uh, if it fits your macros. And for a man, okay, for a man versus a woman, but also for a man your size versus a woman my size, the cut difference in calories that you can intake is so significant. Like, I'm pushing, like, an 1,800 calories a day, which is little to nothing compared to 3,200. And I was around 2,400 a day. Yeah, so 2,400 is bulking for me at my height yeah. and size and the amount and, that I'm trying to put that's on. that's 600 more calories. That's, that's like a whole nother meal in there right? also. That was the make it or break it for me, and I just didn't have what it took to to, to make the cut, literally. Yeah, I had, I had a friend do bikini, and I had a friend do figure. Post-competition, they both reported the same thing where they had crazy low energy yeah. um, because that cut takes so much out of your body and it screws up your hormones that it can, it just causes like this like sickness afterwards. Yeah. And I, I wasn't even looking to do bikini. I'd, I'd never be able to get small enough for that just because of my build. So I was looking at, I was indecisive between figure and physique physique. I would be, bulking and cutting at the same time somehow and I wasn't going to be able to do that either so I thought I would do figure and then there was like a portion where I had to do like some sort of show kind of thing and I was like what the fuck am I going to do with that like I don't I don't have a talent I don't know what my fucking talent like I gotta put heels on and dance around (laughs) yeah yeah I mean uh there's uh you gotta have a whole routine yeah go through all the poses and then uh it, it has to be something special because every, like all the top winners are always like doing some dance or something. And it, it, it just seems like a whole thing. I mean, even if you watch the old movie Pumping Iron, Franco Colombo and Arnold Schwarzenegger both went to a ballet studio to learn how to pose better. Right. And I, I was like unprepared. And th- nobody tells you like everyone sees these things. And unless you're actively in that field, nobody ever tells you how fucking expensive this shit is. How much it costs for the bathing suit, uh, how much it's going to cost for the heels, how much it's going to cost for like outfit changes, the food that you have to eat. Like it's you, it's just too much to do. And then the full body bronzer too. the to full body bronzer and a coach. Good. You have to hire a, like a nutritionist because somebody's going to need to make your food plan. You got to hire somebody to do your workouts, like plan your actual workout unless you can find somebody that does both of those at a discount. And then you also have to have a posing coach. Like there are people out there that get paid money to just teach you how to pose in these competitions. Yeah. What kind of money is in these competitions? If I win first place, what kind of money do I win in that competition? No, you don't get all that. Like it's not, some of them may have prizes, but. Until you get like your pro card, you're not really seeing a whole lot out of bodybuilding from what I understand. And I have a couple of friends that got their pro cards. Like they, they are deep in that shit. And even they're like, 
Yeah, I don't really make a lot of money off of it. So it, you wind up getting your pro card and you do all these things and you wind up making your own side business or yeah. you mm-hmm. start coaching other people into these competitions. You use you use the wins you've accrued to build kind of like a name for yourself yeah. in the business. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and there's plenty of people that have done that who like trans who transition from these bodybuilding competitions and they go into like Instagram marketing page Hathaway yeah, and Bradley Martin. Bradley Bo- Martin's a big one. Yeah. Both of them were top tier bodybuilders. Both of them went into Instagram and like Bradley Martin now does YouTube. He's got his own gym. People have asked like, Hey, do you think he's ever going to compete again? And the response is usually no. If he gets up there and even if he looks great, he could still lose. And if he loses, that is just a big chink in the image that he's built yeah. around himself. Yeah. It's kind of like you get in and when you get out, you, you're you out. Yeah. Like you don't normally come back from it. You just move forward into another department industry. I don't know. I've not been a part of this subculture as far as physique or, or um, powerlifting. I lift weights um, sometimes. I dipped my toe. Like that's kind of yeah. like I dipped a toe in and I was like, yeah, I don't know about all this. It looked, it looked like something, it looked like to me when I see powerlifting, when I, I saw Bill's videos on his Instagram, um, it looked like an activity or a hobby that would really build self-confidence. Like after you've been doing it a while and you, you start to, to see those gains you were talking about earlier, once you're in it, you just have to be in it because it's going to make you feel good. Why did you stop doing it, Bill? So I haven't been able to regularly do it for a while because I partially tore my shoulder. Uh, I had a goal for myself that was it wasn't realistic giving the time frame that like I was going to bench 405 before I turned 30. I wasn't able to do that, but I kept working at it. I got up to 385 bench to chest and up for a gym max. And then in the next train cycle, I changed it up. I changed it to the cubed method, which is a whole nother training cycle. There's a billion programs out there. A couple of my friends said, hey, try cubed. So I gave it a go. One of them tells you to bench to a block. A lot of times it helps to do partial reps to build through problem points. So like I can get off my chest and like three inches or so off. Yeah, I know what you're talking without about. Without like any problem, but the bar slows down right there. Right, so I have the same problem sometimes like when you hit that uh, like three or four inch mark and it kind of freezes. When I have somebody spotting me in the gym and like their immediate reaction is to grab it, I'm like, I have to warn them now. I'm like, hey, I'm going to hit this point on the way up where I kind of pause. Don't try to touch it. Like yeah. it, unless it's coming back down on me, then you can touch it. Yeah. I, Let me work through that though. I've told so many randoms, unless I say grab it, don't touch it. And I'm, a, I, that's if, what if he you, said. If, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch any of my like competition videos from my Instagram at meaty clackers, we'll give you a shout out. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. The competitions <laughs> I always yell. And I usually yell when I hit personal best. And so there's been a couple times where I've been trying to do that. I'm like, ah, and like just screaming at the bar. And the guy's like, oh no, goes to grab it. And then part of my yell is don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the injury. So I benched 405 to a two block for two. And then it called for a top set of one. I was like, okay, I hit 405 super fast. 
I was like, I'm going to go 410. I did that. It came down to my chest, you know, the two block onto my chest. I tried to push it back up and I couldn't like it, like misgrooved. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So like there's a path of benching and like squatting and deadlifting that once you're kind of into it for a while, you know, muscle memory, what's comfortable for your body, what works for your body. So, you know what to expect. And if something kind of comes out of that, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, that was my own oh, no moment. And like sort of Miss Groove came down and I have my gyms in my basement. So when I was doing that, I was asking Myra for help. And so I was like, you know, I don't need her to be able to deadlift 400 pounds to help me off this bench. I just need her to, you know, lift maybe 40 pounds off the thing. And yeah. she's capable of that. Well, the problem was, is because it was like out of alignment. You couldn't get your half up. I couldn't like push. I tried pushing it up wrong. She was grabbing it, but it also had the block and I had my safety bars set up. It's I could lower just, than the block. I could just let it roll off my chest and it would be above my neck. And I could squeeze my head out of there and get out safely, you know, <laughs> if I failed. Um, but with a block, uh, square blocks don't roll. So yeah, it was like super awkward. And by the time we got it off and up and around, my shoulder was in such a bad position. It just hurt. Instead of giving it time to heal, the next day I went down with like, I, I was like just doing 225 because I I know I'd feel it and I could push it out a little bit. It's a little bit harder. So I'd feel the groove again. And so I was like trying a bunch of different like things for benching and I must've just been straight benching for like an hour, warm pain. The warm f feeling I was feeling became like, I can't like lift up my arm. Oh, you made it worse. Yeah. And so I stopped for like three months. I gave it time, just iced it. I just did cardio for a while. And that's kind of why I like fell out of it. I even further because like powerlifting has helped my depression a lot. And like, if I'm not doing it, I slip. Yeah. And so it's like a compounding problem. And then if I get more depressed, I feel like I don't want to do it. It's a cycle. But yeah. It's, it's yeah. a terrible it's a, cycle. It's a rabbit hole and it, it's like hard to get out of. Yeah. So the three months pass and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this again. And I go in, I was like, just super lightweight, just like 45 pound dumbbells. Like I did all my warm ups. I was like, okay, here we go. Did one set of 10 with those. And it was just pain again. Like I couldn't like reach across my body. Oh, no. Um, I couldn't like range of motion that I, I lost. That's what I'm going through with my knee right yeah. now. Is and, that yeah. same thing. So I went to the doctor, said, hey, this happened. And they gave me the condescending like, well, you know, if it hurt the first time, you should have came here. I was like, well, you know, I just. Well, I'm here now, so fucking yeah, fix me. I, I thought it just like tweaked a muscle, you know, like. I know what it feels like. I don't like jumping at the doctor at the first sign of like anything remote. Like I want to let my body try yeah. to fix itself before I go running to the doctor. Well, the other thing I don't like about it too is um, for the VA, there's not really good sports medicine there, which mm -hmm. you'd think would be because technically a lot of vets ha would have the same problems that sports right. athletes would have constantly being active but they just have a bunch of general practice people yeah so the first time i went in there i was like yeah you know i'm powerlifting, whatever and they're like oh that's like terrible for your body but they just have no idea they just believe that like old wives tale stuff and so i went through physical therapy for my shoulder that helped and then i tried getting back into it again 
uh, that was when uh, my ribs started acting up because like, I have a pinched nerve through the ribs too. How did you? So how did you get that? Uh, fuck if I know, man. I think it's related to my g- degenerative disc in my back too. Oh, um, so you're just all kinds of fucked. Yeah, but the degenerative disc sounds so much worse than it is. It just means the cartilage has some damage to it. Oh. There's like no range of motion problem. It's not like going to deteriorate to the fact that to the point where I lose a vertebrae just sounds worse than it is, but that's it. The benefits of getting older. Yeah. This whole cycle of depression and not working out has gotten me to the point where like now I could bench, but I can't squat or deadlift because my huge fat body's in the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's been cardio and, uh, just making sure I try to eat as best as possible now because now my fiance and I, we kind of made a pact with each other to drop as much weight as we can for the wedding. And I would like to try and be around like 230, 220 again. I kind of awesome. love that. It makes it a little bit easier when your spouse or your significant other is working on the same goal with yeah. you. It makes a huge difference. I take a lot more care to warm up and cool down. It's helped a lot. Like there's a lot less like feeling bad every mm-hmm. day at my peak i was doing like yoga three times a week Fuck and yeah. i should do yoga more because it's so helpful we all say that like everyone's always like oh i should do more yoga but no yeah. everyone nobody ever actually like initiates and that it, it's so easy to do because youtube has just opened that avenue for right? everyone like it's huge now yeah you can find so much stuff where you'd be like i want i need to do yoga for upper body and you'll have like a billion videos from 30,000 different studios and they'll be like, oh, here you go. Yeah, and it's, you. I mean, you can do it for free at home. There's no limitation on it and there's always additional moves that you can do if you need it to be harder or easier. Yeah. And Josh and I have been going to hot yoga with- A few people. Yeah. We got yeah. a group that we go with. I nice got group. I got this close to being able to do crow with my feet off the ground. Ooh. Yeah. That's I w- impressive. Yeah. I'm not, even, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. I, was, I see uh, Laura do it and I'm like, God damn. I, I can't. It. I can't. Yeah, do I can. It. I can hold it. I think my best was like like ten seconds or so, and then I like started going forward. I woke up one morning. My back was in so much pain, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Yeah, you're really tense." And I went to the chiropractor, and he was like, "Yeah, your your muscles are really tense." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, so okay. Have some money. Thank you for telling me that." And then I started doing hot yoga once a week, and I I feel fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other side of that that helps, too, is that, yeah, yoga is, like, stretchy and stuff, but there's a lot of, like, actual sort of strength building to it. Yeah, the uh, the Uh, vinyasa series in yoga that helps build muscle. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side, too, like, you hold so many positions for so long. When I was in the military, you would hold your stretch for, like... 10 to 20 seconds and then be like, okay that's good that might be okay for it's like static versus dynamic stretching yeah but but that that might be okay for like if you're active and stuff but all those uh micro tears that you're causing in your muscles will fill up with possible like mini scar tissue which can also limit your range of motion to stretch through that i was told that for therapeutic muscle release you need to be stretching for a minute and a half to two minutes per muscle. Yeah. I read that when I was doing my studies or my certification for it's like 90 seconds or more, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every time you do physical activity, I've never, I've never heard that. I'm, you told me that when, um, we talked about this years ago. I remember you telling yeah. me that. And I've never heard that anywhere. Any gym I, I played 
uh, sports in high school, no one ever said one minute, 30 seconds at least for therapeutic stretching. It was always, like you said, 20 seconds. Well, it's yeah. fairly new, too. Like, it's like in the past few years, they've really pushed for that in the community or whatever is, is something that they're finding to be more helpful. Like, if you were to go to a personal trainer or somebody who's got their degree in exercise science and shit like that, they, they would tell you, like, the difference between what kind of stretching you need to do before versus what you need to do after and what you need to be doing on your rest days. Like, there's a huge difference, and nobody really knows that. I was also getting uh, weekly myofascial release Oh, I remember massages. that when you were telling me. Um, I was so jealous. Facial release massages? Myofascial release. So, it, the, so there's like it's the rolling, like when you do the rolling, Josh. Yeah. So, oh. So related to that, like scar tissue and stuff, it, it's a way to like kind of break it out. And there's supposed to be like certain points in your body that will release like tension or whatever. I don't mm. really buy into that, but it's just nice to have your body like worked on. I also got uh, Graston done once every three months when I was in Cali because like here in Michigan, you can't find this stuff as easy as yeah. you can when you're out in LA because everyone LA. LA everybody in LA is like a fitness fiend so like you can find this stuff every four feet it seems like yeah it's like a McDonald's but it's yeah. better and, and uh for Graston they take metal tools and they rub them against your skin to break up all that like tissue and stuff and rub out so, like, if you ever seen, like... Like some, a hardcore deep tissue massage. Yeah, so if you ever see someone on Instagram and they have, like, red marks all over their body or something, that's usually what they got. Speak some people are ticklish. Some people just take it. <laughs> some people are squirmers. I'm a, I'm more of a squirmer with a side of ticklish. That's going to be but, me, uh, ticklish with a side of squirm. Yeah, like, my legs are no problem, but when they start doing my chest, I just... It, it's just so ticklish. I can't stop. <laughs> And then when they get through my shoulders, I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh. uh, speaking of like Instagram stuff, like with the, the Grafton, like I've seen cupping or whatever. Like, have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen the cupping and stuff. Is that the one where they, they heat up the cup, put it on your skin and it's, I don't know to... what they do to it, but it like sucks. Yeah. The... Yeah. I've seen it with heat and I've seen it with machines too. A lot of swimmers use that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Phelps, you would see him before you heat on the block, and you'd see all the red marks on him. And that's huh. what they explained what it was. when I, That's when I first found out about it. Yeah, my, my buddy's girlfriend, who is a power lifter, she does cupping and says it works great for her. I've never been interested in that because I've seen it where, like, depending on the practice, people can get, like, real aggressive with that suction. Hmm. And then you start seeing that, like, clear, yellowy Ew. liquid come out of your body. Oh. And that's when it's, like, too tight or too long. And you're, like, you can get, like, real hurt from that. Something to me about injuring my body to make it better doesn't sound or feel good. Like, I'm not down for cupping and I'm just not down for acupuncture. Something yeah. about those things don't make sense to me in my brain naturally. I'm just like, please no. I swear by that grass and stuff, though. So I've always been semi-flexible. Like, I could always touch my toes and sometimes I could put my hands, like, on the ground. Yeah. Before I went, the guide made me do, like, before and after stuff. So, like, I could barely, I couldn't even touch my toes the first time I went. And then he has you, like, do these, like, shoulder stuff to see, like, the range of motion of them. And I couldn't get my shoulders, like, parallel to my body. They were, yeah. like, at an angle. So after we were done, he's like, okay, let's see how you go. And, like, my shoulders are fine. 
and I could put my palms flat on the ground. Damn. Yeah, like that. Immediate results. Just immediate. It just and I it felt so good the day after. I hear you talk about this powerlifting stuff, and I can clearly see you're still all about it. You're like your hands are moving around. Yeah. You're 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 when you talk about it, I can see it in your person that you are still fucking passionate about it. Yeah. I, and um, it sucks. It I I know for you, you I know you struggle with depression, all that stuff. Um, I know it must fucking suck to to see it. And not be able to do what you used to do. Is there something that you've been doing in place of that now that you haven't been able to dedicate your time to to kind of combat depression? I've actually started like painting and stuff. But oh shit, really? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. tell us about that. So, yeah, uh, we're painting. What well, have you been painting, well, Bill? Well, I do uh artsy fartsy. Uh, not like free form painting. I do uh scrapbooking miniatures for war games. So like I paint those. Oh no shit. Yeah. Oh shit. Yep. That's oh. right. Don't you have those uh around your living room? I thought I saw a couple. Uh, yeah, right now I'm working on a puzzle okay. and, uh, yeah, it's pretty much what I fill my time with if I'm not like gaming or whatever, but yeah, you know, speaking of the powerlifting passion, I am very passionate about it. I love it. It's a sweet world. Um, I actually did a bunch on my Twitch and so I, not everyone might know, Bill, what Twitch, what, how would you twitch.tv is a live streaming service. Uh, you, uh, it's mainly for games. Um, a lot of people like stream games and people will follow like personalities on there. Video games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are talk shows on there. Uh, recently there was one that popped up about AI. That's like learning how to interact with the world. And that's a weekly thing. Um, both, uh, politicians are on there now talking about their whole thing. There's political talk shows on there now. Um, it seems like in that type of environment, uh, if you have a political person, they're just going to get trolled real hard. Yeah, Twitch, <laughs> Twitch chat is kind of notorious for how toxic it is, um, but that's something that Twitch has been trying to work out itself and yeah. that its competitors are kind of like trying to get into also because they take much swifter action because Twitch is so massive now that not everything can be taken care of immediately. I've done a lot of powerlifting stuff on Twitch. Uh, I did some games. I did character streaming. It was it was a pretty good time. I did um, when we played video games together and you were streaming, I did it was a it was a fun time. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a lot of fun with it. It was always kind of cool. Um I always I follow I liked I liked the character streamers a lot more than just the regular ones while the regular ones were like cool to watch the only ones that were really watching were like top tier gamers like if i'm watching football i'm watching the nfl yeah i'm not watching peewee league yeah i'm not watching d-level high school sports you know so it's it's always just super cool to watch someone like see a pixel of another player and just boom blast them yeah, like my dumbass would not even. Yeah, survive. I can't do that. As you know, we get older, our reactions will slow even further. So you'll be a little bit worse each day as you go by. Yeah. Um, yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, I feel that I'm kind of a funny person. So I'm going to try and do this whole character bit on there. And so that's where the Meaty Clackers name came from. At Meaty Clackers Instagram, shameless plug. <laughs> What, well, uh, it's not shameless if the host does it. No, yeah. my bad, my bad. What uh so like when you say character bit, like what do you what do you mean? Like for somebody like me who doesn't know about Twitch and streaming and the differences between like what would a character bit be like 
So what a character would just be like a persona you take, you know, like if uh um, uh, okay. Just off the biggest one right now, uh Dr. Disrespect, huge streamer, but he portrays an over-the-top egotistical gamer. He's the best at everything. He drives a Lambo. He's the fucking man, right? <laughs> so this guy character. fucks. This guy fucks. <laughs> but off stream, like, he's done a few like things off stream, um, but he's always been in the video game space. Off stream, he's just like super chill, down to earth, like talks gotcha. between like you and me. Like, so you, you take on these characters, you know, like. So he's just he's just an actor when he's streaming. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, okay. There's a, there you go. There you go. Yeah, your persona, your act, you were trying to play. Right. Uh, yeah. So what was what was Meaty Clackers? I, it's hard to put a label on it. But, Who is Meaty Clackers? Um, I I tried going like a little bit of the route, but I I tried to like kind of edge off with some toxicity too. Like, just I love shit talking. I think it's the best part about any <laughs> professional sport. You know, like when you can back it up. I love it. And so I try, I tried doing that. And like, I had like all these scenes where like me and all my followers are living in an underwater base. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, I put a lot of, of money into it. it yeah. It's just, you gotta like, just stay on top of trends and stuff. It, Bill, it's real hard, but it's, it's, it was rewarding when I was getting it done. Bill got a full sized green screen set all that stuff up and i remember <laughs> i was watching the stream and he was walking around he's like yeah welcome welcome to the base here we now got this new underwater base installed and he's pointing at fish the virtual <laughs> fish he's like fish yeah. that you threw in later <laughs> yeah, we got this we got this tiger fish i'll name him later we don't care though because we're gonna go kick ass on this video game yeah yeah, I have uh, I have like the general lounge area. I have a dock where the boats take you out to the yeah, underwater I base. I remember that. All I this had, is done on green screen. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he does I all have, this on green screen. Um, I had a I have a scene for. Uh, it's like a bedroom where like each person would stay. Um, that sounds kind of fun. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it really was fun. Kind of like, like it, it. Really is. Uh, Sims, but yeah. you built it. It it was, it, it was fun. It was just it, it's it's very taxing, because you have to be on. The camera goes on, you're on, and you know no one wants to see someone sit there and be like, "Hey guys, uh, you know I'm live, just playing some games here. I fucking am." Like no one wants to see that. No one wants to hear you be lame or boring or tired either. Thank you, podcast. thank you, Laura, for keeping me honest. Yeah, I appreciate. No that. one wants to see post pizza streamer. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had little sleazies last night and then we I accidentally ate it in the studio. It's kind of dragging me down and Laura's making sure that we don't give you the listener a shit podcast. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate you. I don't know. You could just tell when Josh's energy's off. Like yeah, it's it's like down and low and he does this monotone voice with like little to no enthusiasm behind it. He's like my dogs. They're either like at a hundred miles an hour or none and I don't, like laying on the floor. I don't know whether to be appalled or thankful for that. I'm like your dogs. I don't <laughs> He loves them very much. Well, you basically hump everyone you see, so you're pretty what? much like them. <laughs> that is inaccurate, sir. Erroneous. No. Like um, that's what I'm doing when I'm over here. Just so you know, Bill, when I'm like fist pumping like this in the air, she's telling me to get my energy up. That's me telling Josh to get his shit together because nice. he sounds boring. Nice. We we have visual cues. I remember when I played with you one time, and when you you'd always get a kill in a video game, you 
the persona would come out, whether, yeah. and I think that's actually you, not your persona. You'd always say, get fucked. Uh, yeah, I had like, I had a soundboard that was real fun. I actually like took a nostalgia trip down there because I haven't streamed in a while. Got more into like casting and stuff. But I, I, I took a trip down memory lane with um, my soundboard and all this stuff like rigged up, you know? Like, what kind of get, sounds would you have on the well, soundboard? Well, like if I got like a headshot, I had the uh, lovely header. See, we need to get one of those Rocket, in here. Rocket League, yeah. And uh, I had some that were tied directly to hot drops in PUBG because that's why I streamed all the time. <laughs> uh, so there was hospital. So I had the scrub sound play when I decided to go hospital. <laughs> and then if I died in hospital, I had that song that they always played when it was like, all right, you're watching scrubs, time to be sad. Like. <laughs> It was fun, man. And, um, you know, a lot of the friends I made through that, I still play games with today. I'm constantly talking to them. So it's been uh, real nice as well. You say talking to friends. I don't think people understand how big the video game culture is. Uh, there's There are lifelong friends being made across vast distances just because of video games. Yeah. And it's that's huge. Yeah. It, it sucks, too, because, like, the ones that last are great. But... You have the potential, and I've done it many a times. They're still on my friends list. You lived out this condensed relationship with these people. I'm I random queued into this game once, met three people, and we all like clicked real well. Nobody was screaming anything crazy. We were all playing off of each other. It was it was awesome. Played games for like the next couple hours together, add each other to the friends list, add each other to Steam. All of a sudden it was just like poof gone like we were like what and one one of those guys only lives an hour away but i've never met him in person that's kind of funny i mean yeah. like in a like when i hear you say that because like a lot of a lot of my friends and coworkers are really big into games and i'm not so some of this stuff sounds like it wouldn't be relatable but i have a lot of friends that i've met in real life like at, at wherever the hell i go and even they could be like a quick, maybe a few week friendship yeah. or whatever. It's like people just come and go in and out of your life via video game mm -hmm. relationships or in like real life. So, I mean, it's still kind of relatable in my opinion. It happens so easily too, because a game might last like five minutes and then you're in with a new set of people. Depending on the size of the game, you know, it's either five to 10 other people that you're constantly being churned through. Right. Everyone's kind of like smashing the whole like technology as a whole, but it actually with the dark comes like the, the light, like you yeah. make a lot of friends and shit out of it. Technology has helped so much. I love it. I'm Everything's like, like super interconnected. Yeah, I love it, too. I'm like neck deep in it. I love it. I hate seeing those things where people are like, get off your phone and live life like, bitch, I, I'm taking a picture of this so that when I'm done living my life, I can still relive it. There's going to be a time and point in my life where my memory is significantly worse than it is now, surprisingly. And I want to be able to look back on those things and still see that shit. I can't tell a story to my grandkids if I don't fucking remember this shit to tell them. Well, and there's and there's no, no telling what someone's using their phone for, right? Yeah, you could be looking at cats or whatever, but you know, like... <laughs> It, if I was reading a newspaper, how do you know I'm not reading the comics? Yeah, you know? mind your business, Susan. Yeah, I could be talking to my mom. I could be talking to my friend I haven't seen who I went to Afghanistan with. I could be reading the news or, you know, just catching up on stuff I want to look at. Like, Or I could be looking at cat videos. Or I could be looking <laughs> at dog videos. <laughs> 
I hear a lot of people talk about their Facebook feed and how like a lot of shit annoys them or they delete their Facebook because of it. But instead of like deleting shit or deleting people, like now I have the option to hide that person's stuff from my timeline. So all I see in my timeline now is funny animal videos, funny memes, and that that's that's all I got. I basically (laughs) like stop using Facebook. I'm on Reddit all the time now. I still I I don't know how to use that. I get my news, I get uh, game updates. I have uh, a couple for like casting and stuff like that. Like I have a. I, I don't. Have, I don't use Reddit either, and I'm kind of curious if you use Reddit all the time. What What the fuck is Reddit? Because so, I I've heard people call it the front page of the internet. That's because that's what it is. Reddit but, is the front page of the internet. Um, there's something like three hundred thousand sub subreddits. I don't understand what, what any the of fuck that is means. a subreddit. If you just go to Reddit right now, you're going to see a bunch of links and all of it's going to be very sporadic because there's a set. I believe there's a set list of or it might be dynamic of like what's most upvoted for the day. And you're going to see a bunch of different categories. So it's going to seem a lot of it's going to seem chaotic. Boom. When you create a profile, you can actually change how you want your front page to see. So like I have the games I'm playing, I'll be tied into those subreddits because they'll, the developers will reach out for community outreach. You'll know like when patches are coming out um, and so just can, what like, the community is talking about. Cater it to your yeah. needs. Got um, it. I have, like I said, my mini game, my mini war painting stuff. I have those subreddits. There's ones for like woodworking, cross stitch, do it yourself. Got automotive. my attention. Got my attention. I'm in. Yeah. And uh, everything like so is it is it content only delivered by users or is it yes. also so you're the information you're getting is from individuals not organizations? It could be both. Yes. Okay. Uh, users submit it, but users can submit organization stuff. Like if you go to our news or our politics, they will submit an article that says, "Oh, hey, you know, politician X does Y from a credible source." From yes. Okay. Okay. I thought it was just people being like, yeah. "Uh, blueberries now give you enormous penises or some shit." I don't know. No. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't subscribe to any of those subreddits, but there are some crazy ones out there. But they're out there, Josh. Um, if you're interested, Reddit has eat your blueberries. <laughs> Reddit has hit the news uh, several times for. Some not great subreddits that were out there, um, some being overtly racist, some being um, just body shaming, and Reddit's, like, been cutting those out. They're trying to weed out the yeah. crap. And then you. people are like, oh, we'll just make new ones, but those ones always get taken down, too. So, But there's yeah. some, like, fun stuff that happens there, too. Um, Reddit Secret Santa that happens every year, and thousands of people sign up. Bill Gates is one of those people. What? Bill Gates is a participant in the Reddit Secret so Santa. So thousands of people sign up. Yeah. You get assigned some random user. Random user. And you have to you send them a gift? Like you you sent like you say, hey, you know, like to you, their home address. Yeah. Like you get uh, I've actually like, seen that before. Like you fill out like a call like I, I I haven't done it, but I imagine you fill it out and say, Hey, I like to do this, this, that. And then home address, and then it gets sent directly to the person who's your secret Santa. And then people just Go to town. That's kind of cool. It's like yeah. a, an internet wide secret Santa. Yeah. What and, kind of uh, what kind of outlandish gifts have you seen because of that? I know the bill. If you can find the Bill Gates one from Christmas 2019. Yeah. That one was a beefy gift. Oh, that's kind of dope. Like, what if yeah. you, I want to be that person that receives that big ass yeah. gift? They said it was quite the adventure too, because like I got because it was so big, I got held up at the post office, and so they had to go down 
there, get it. Everyone's like, we've been waiting for you all day because is this really from Bill Gates? <laughs> all right, so I found it, right? It says Bill Gates sent an 81-pound package to his Reddit secret Santa. Yep. Here's what was inside. Oh, my God, there's like Oreos and Star Wars Lego shit, a Harry Potter Lego thing. There's a, a bunch of books, Twin Peaks. I can't tell what that is. Planners or books of some sort. There's like a bunch of stuff in there, though. 81 pounds. This chick has it on a rolly cart because she can't carry yeah. it. <laughs> it was her 95th Reddit gift exchange. Yeah. 95th? So, yeah. 95th. So they do a few of them each year, but the big one's like Secret Santa. Okay. Yeah. There's just like fun little things in there too that you'll like learn about. Also, back in 2012, uh, someone posted on uh, the subreddit Picks a safe they found. In their house. Picks? Yeah. Oh, oh, pictures. 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 Okay, okay. A safe that was like ceiling to floor in their house. They found it? Yeah. And everyone was like, what's in the safe? Became this huge thing in the community. Everybody who was on Reddit. Bitch, I want to know what's in the safe. I'm invested now. Yeah. Everybody knows it. It took him months to do it because he ran into some problems and he was also getting like, harassed by people constantly like what's in the safe what's in the safe what's in the safe fuck you what's in the safe <laughs> he's like i don't know i'm trying to work on it yeah and uh finally he opened it and it was just like empty like there was like nothing in there <laughs> what well, a letdown like, two weeks ago i was cruising through reddit and there was another safe like floor to ceiling and the top comment was boy i'm ready to get hurt by a safe again <laughs> Um, and then there's like just funny, stupid shit in there. Like the subreddit for trees, our trees is all about marijuana. Our marijuana is all about trees. <laughs> That's not confusing in the least. Yeah. Bit. Be- because, uh, it-, it had something to do with like the Reddit admins or both groups decided as an April fool's joke to just switch it around. And so, uh, that's what happened. And then it just stuck. So they just go. left it. Yeah. It seems like if the internet had good in it, it seems like Reddit would be there based on what you're telling me. I'm sure there's bad. Yeah. Um, it's like watching a community that you don't expect come together. Mm-hmm. To just do good stuff or troll for entertainment. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. everyone's okay with the trolling that's happening. Like, yeah. it seems like that would be one of those. Yep. And you can upvote, downvote stuff. So, you know, you kind of see what you want to see on there and. Yeah, it's got like an algorithm that'll start catering what you yay or nay. Yeah, it, it, well, that and uh, everyone gets their fake internet karma points too, so that feels good. <laughs> like my best one was like 10K or something like that. So Fake internet karma points? Yeah, so your Reddit Explain. account has uh, karma. You get post karma and comment karma. So is this like HP points in Pokemon? No. If you go down, like you're not kicked off the server, just like uh, Reddit. Everyone's just like, I'm just going to ignore you because you're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like a like a user rating kind of? Yeah, pretty much. So I don't post stuff. My post score is really low. But I've made two comments that totaled like 19K. Where other people liked your comment? Yeah. So like. Uh, they're all like, oh, yeah, I like what this guy's saying. It doesn't come in one for one because there was like a problem with botnets for a while. Oh. Um, so it's not one for one, but I'm sitting at like 10,000 like car comment karma right now. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. It's 
kind of easy to do once you're kind of like there in for the a community. While. Yeah. yeah, I've been a member for like seven years. So 10,000 over seven years is what? Who cares? Where do you think we'll be with this podcast in seven years, Josh? Uh, I think you're going to be a star and <laughs> I'm going to be living probably in the same apartment or one close to here. And you're going to call me from time to time, leave a voicemail and yell at me to clean up my kitchen. <laughs> Fair enough. Who's going to betray who at the Coke and sex party? <laughs> <laughs> Taking bets. Nice. Uh, I just hope I just want to when you guys start doing like tours and stuff. I just want to be a guest on one of the tours. What do you, you want mean? us to take you somewhere with us? We'll travel together. Like maybe when I move out to Colorado and you guys do a tour, you're like, hey, we're going to be in Denver in like <laughs> whenever. No. And you'd be like, guest star Bill from fucking episode five. No, it's <laughs> going to be, hey, Bill, we're going to Cleveland. Do you want to come? <laughs> we'll stop in Toledo. Before we even did episode one, Josh was like, oh my God, if this gets so big, we're going to be so famous. And I was like, Shut the fuck up. I can't stand you. He's and, like, and that's why. Yep. Yeah. And here we are. Nothing's changed. It's <laughs> it's definitely hard not to think about when you start something like this. Like sometimes, even when I was starting streaming, I was like, man, one million dollars. Here I fucking come. When I first met you, you were already streaming on Twitch, I think, or mm -hmm. you had just started it. I didn't start streaming until I was on nights. Oh, was that? Yeah, but uh, it was the first year that I knew you, but because I didn't know you were strong, I thought you had been actually no, because I I bought my house, I had to buy my house, so yeah. that's right. It was after you bought. It your was house. Uh, the next, so twenty seventeen mm -hmm. is when I started, and we were on nights at the time, and it was just like so hard to see anybody else, and I was like, I'm fucking lonely, like <laughs> there's the no one to talk to, so I you know figured out how to do it, hit go live, and there you go. Yeah, I think there's like the. When I finally found out about it, it was a, a little while after you had already started streaming, and I I didn't understand the concept, and you had to like explain it to me. And yeah, like, yeah, I think I make like a hundred and fifty bucks extra a month to three hundred, depending on what I'm doing that month. And I was like, that you you get you get money, like people watch you play video games, and then you get money for that. Yeah. And you're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> this are the checks made out to meaty clackers. <laughs> Uh, I get electronic paid from Twitch. It doesn't. Is like, there any? Uh, no. Is there anywhere an official paperwork with so that payment? When it where drops it says, so from Twitch to your bank account, and it just says of, it says Twitch payment. That's oh, it. change so, that to say Meaty Clackers. Well, I mean, payment. I can't because Meaty Clackers isn't paying me. Oh, true. The bank is, but <laughs> on my on my bank that's tied to everything that gets payments. Says Meaty Clackers, BA, <laughs> business account. Um, my uh, doing business, I have a doing business as filed uh, with the state that has Meaty Clackers on it. Uh, when I fill out official forms that ask if I've been called anything else, I have to say Meaty Clackers. What? <laughs> yeah. So you have an alias and it's Meaty <laughs> Clackers. Yeah, I love I how I also love how how your fiance refers to herself as Mrs. Clackers. Yeah, that's and that's hilarious. been a while. Like she did that a w long time. Like she's a mod of my channel, but has like no idea how to do like, anything <laughs> with it. So you're like, like, "Hey, babe, I made you a mod." She's like, "Okay." She usually just hops in there because she works nights, and so when she was working nights and I wasn't, and I was streaming, she would just hop in there to watch me because like she loves me and shit. <laughs> I heard you when she you loves me and shit. when you were talking about night shift. I it brought so many memories to my mind, and I have two. The first one was when you took a, a dump 
at work, <laughs> and it was so bad. Oh, because it was the, the hallway bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. not make it to the regular one. The, it was so bad that the supervision in that building called somebody because they thought the plumbing broke. Did they really? Yeah, they like no, people I, came to the building like trying to investigate what's wrong with the plumbing. Well, I just, I remember who the fuck did that to the bathroom. I was like, I did, and he like like you could tell you could tell he wanted to yell and he couldn't and he couldn't well, and he was like, just like it's messed up and like walked out and was like cool. That was like when you were like uh, doing protein shakes and stuff All the like time. for yeah. like your powerlifting. Because I remember, like, people still talk about that day at work. And I'm like, hey, man, cut him some slack. Pick and choose. Yeah. There was going to be shit splattered everywhere. <laughs> or you just got to smell it. Yeah. Sometimes it happens and you're like, oh, crap. No, this has got. Uh. <laughs> and I didn't have to, like, force my body to hold it and hurt myself. I could just go right there. <laughs> there was a toilet. Yeah. A functional and toilet. there were plenty of times I would just I would poop in there out of spite for that guy. <laughs> just for that one yeah. moment. Fuck that. I would guy. just walk back in the office and be like, hey, give it like 15 minutes before you walk out there. <laughs> and look at him right in the eyes. The other memory I have is your yawn. Oh yeah, I yawn oh, pretty hard. I remember, was it night shift when we were doing that? Yeah. You yawned in the office, and then Josh and I both just started doing it, too. And then and someone <laughs> came in the office. Is everything all right in here? I did it once, and uh, one of one of our coworkers turned around and, like, pulled off his headset and looked at me. And he's like, what was that? And I was like, I yawned. He's like, I thought a fucking alarm went off. <laughs> it's the Yeti mating call. Yeah. What sucks now, though, is like I associate that sound with yawning. So whenever Josh is like making fun of it, I like it's like when you see someone else yawn, that like part of your brain goes, oh, shit, yawn, too. I It, it, it like triggers it. <laughs> oh, man. My face hurts. So so you're not on Twitch anymore. Can we is there a comeback for Meaty Clockers in the future? Can we expect? I think so. I've uh, I. You know, I took the trip down memory lane. I've kind of switched up like games I'm playing and I think so. Uh, right now, I'm still trying to kind of get off the ground uh, some casting. Oh, tell um, us about that. What's, so, what's casting? Uh, so I have dabbled a little bit in esports casting. Um, I ran a charity tournament for PUBG on my channel to support uh, Stack Up, which is a fantastic vets organization. Nice. Um, Plug. Plug. You have to point them out every time, Josh. Uh, <laughs> I use that footage. I'm also associated with, I don't know if I should say associated with, but I've worked for uh, the Military Gaming League, and I knew a lot of friends in there because uh, there's a huge vet community on Twitch, too. Through them, they said, hey, we're putting together a branch battle PUBG thing. We need casters. And I wanted to play in it because I played in the previous years and mm -hmm. army won. this year. I couldn't make the second year. I couldn't make the qualifiers because they want to do it like each weekend in March. And I was like, well, none of this works out for me. So they said, well, we're interested in having casters. So if like one weekend does, we can have you cast and then you'll try out. And like the top two casters will get flown out to Vegas. I was like, sure. I'll put my hat in that one. I, that sounds fun. And I know a lot about PUBG. I love PUBG. All I know is there's a frying pan involved. In pub, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I remember when we recorded. Uh, sorry, when you were streaming and I was playing, it was me, you, Dirk, and Isaiah. 
I immediately after it was done, you posted it on your site, and I went right over to Laura's. I was like, Laura, look, this is what's true. That's Bill right there in the corner. He really did. And that was when I genuinely found out that you streamed things and what that was. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she was like, oh, yeah, there's Bill, Bill's little bald head right there. <laughs> I was like, there's my bearded bald friend. Casted the qualifiers. They liked me. Um, the head leadership voted on who was going. The guy I was co-casting with lived in Germany, so he couldn't go. The other guy on the other team, he couldn't go, like dropped out or whatever. So it was basically like one by default, essentially. So Winning is winning, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got to fly out. Uh, I got flown out to Vegas at the HyperX Arena and to cast the branch battle. So when you say cast the branch battle for a noob like me who doesn't know anything about that, like what would you be doing? Like are you just so like the it's announcer? Like, yeah. The voice I'm hearing when I'm watching esports video games, that's your voice speaking to me as I'm watching it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And yes, there are former pros that do go from pro to coach to caster. I haven't seen that too much, but I have seen it it's so easy to kind of like get into and like be able to discuss it that it's really not super hard to go in there like everybody plays these games at a certain level and like yeah I'm, i may know a lot of good theory or i know like what people are going to be wanting to think but i can't execute properly so i look like trash <laughs> um but i can i can talk about what's happening and so what is it those who can't do teach yeah, essentially. <laughs> the host, mm -hmm. you have your play-by-play -play commentary and your color caster, who's more analytics. For what were Pub you? So for PUBG, I was color. I was uh, talking about, like, why people were making certain decisions and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so for the MGL one, that one was really cool because they had some other, like, bigger stars come out. Lucy May was there, Kat Conti, uh, Funker Actual, who runs a huge YouTube channel. I follow Funker Actual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got to meet him. There was uh, two pro players there also. I actually got to co-cast with Lucy May, and she was awesome. Like this, so this is like my first time on camera. Your and first time casting a major event ever. Yeah. So when I did it for the qualifiers, it was real like low key. Like um, we kind of knew where the breaks were. It was the casters. Then we had sort of a producer and then a person who would go and run and grab people so we could interview them. And it was kind of divided between when you would hear it and when you're talking. It was a lot easier to process. In Vegas, there's a huge production team in the back of this arena that I actually got to go like look at. They are like in your ear talking while you're talking. Oh, and hell no. And so like in the beginning, you know, you invite everybody back to the stream. You're like, hey, what's up? I'm meaty clackers with my co-host and you're just kind of like talking about like what you saw. And then in your ear, you're hearing, okay, the players are lined up. Like we can start introducing them and you're like, all right, cool. Like my first cut was shit. Like, to be <laughs> honest, like, so the first game, my buddy, uh, tugboat tugboat. Yeah. FBI underscore tugboat. Great caster. Another plug. <laughs> he was, fantastic he's done this for years he was uh the friend i told you about earlier who's getting like flown all over the place to talk about every game under the sun i told him i was like hey man i want you to take the front on this because i've never done the host side of it i'm gonna be honest i'm like kind of nervous he's like all right cool i'll do it i'll show you and so then when that finished there was some time between that and the next round 
And Lucy May comes up there and she's like, okay, well, you should take the host thing because you were on the desk before. I don't want to look like I came in to like do this. Like that way it's a little bit more tied to you military guys. And I was like, yeah, okay. And like, I'm like <laughs> nodding fine, but like screaming in my ear like, or in my no. head. <laughs> and uh, they're like, okay, the players are lined up. And I was like, okay. And now um, let's What's check that? out the players. <laughs> and like, it was so like bad. Like, just getting used to that was so hard. Before you had to leave, did you have to go through any type of training or worry about your, your appearance, your voice? What what did you have to do? Uh, so I bought a suit. I took cues from what sportscasters do when they sit on the desk because they always have like something that pops. So I had like, it was a blue suit, red tie, red pocket square. Power tie. Dope as fuck. Damn. And uh, dripping. Yeah. Really just all you got to do is know the game. That's it. And I know PUBG in and out. So that was really easy to talk about. There really wasn't a whole lot of prep I had to do. The worst part for that, filling time. Because with PUBG, it has a very slow entry into the action. There's a lot of stuff you're like talking about. And the first game's hardest because there's no story that's being developed yet. But when you get into games two and three, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, we saw this team win last round with these like Uh, great things. And so it's easier to go about it. After I was done with that first cast and flew back, I was in love. It was so much fun. It was so cool to be able to take my passion for gaming and get paid to do this. And I was talking to my buddy uh, and he was like, look, if you really want to do this, he's like, I'll be here. I'll help you. I'll get you all set up. And he told me to find a voice coach. And so I did that. And we went through, uh, I think I did like eight sessions with her. What do you do? Eight sessions. Yeah. What does yeah. a voice coach do? Like what? So so a voice coach, what they're going to do is help you kind of find your voice. And like the first thing she said, it was like, I think Dolly Parton said it where she's like, figure out who you are and then do that on purpose. <laughs> and uh, so she's like, that's kind of what we're going to do with your voice. So she does a lot of stuff with uh like voice actors actual actors and announcers and stuff and so it's like sports casting but you know esports but it's a little bit like more over the top like you don't ever hear like you don't ever hear like a sports caster scream at the top of their lungs about nonsense that's true it's very much more like down to earth I feel like I would watch football more often if all I heard was somebody raging about the football game. Yeah. Fuck! (laughs) Drop the ball again, you son of a bitch! Like, that's, I would be into that. I hear that from you every day, and I'm entertained. (laughs) Is that, maybe we should get a voice coach. Yeah, that's, that's. We We should do a whole episode of. With, oh, yeah, with the voice coach as the guest. Okay, so your voice coach, like. Um, so. she, She, she. She had a poster on her wall and it like broke down like the mouth, the throat and into the chest oh, and wow. like how you should be breathing. I'm breathing through my mouth right now. Yeah. So. Well, like I, I went through eight years of band and they teach you to breathe through your diaphragm, through Nerd. your stomach. Nerd. And instead of breathing like through your chest, because that will limit you. Yeah. The other side of it was she was like, oh, well, we want you. She's like, find me some examples of people who are esports casters and show me what what this is. And um, she actually knew where both of them were from. 
just off their accents. That guy's Canadian and this dude's from like Seattle. I was like, yeah. So instantly you already knew right. that she was credible and she yeah. knew, she knew what the fuck she was doing. Is she like is she like a person that you saw it physically or yeah. okay, so yeah. she's local. Yeah. So we she should... so she teaches in Kalamazoo and she... in uh, Chicago. Okay. When we went through the first one, she had me like do the ABCs each day. I had to do that five times a day. Like sing Record them? it on my phone. No, just say it. Then the next week when we met back up, just a billion recordings of me saying <laughs> the ABCs. And she said, she's like, okay, well, we're going to listen to them. And like the first ones were like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. <laughs> and she's like, okay, what'd you hear there? It's like. The alphabet? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, basically. And, she, <laughs> and so she would be like, well, you know, you, you didn't breathe. She's like storytelling and and doing this is all about breathing and breathing gives us so many subconscious cues too. If I ask you how your day's going, you're like, <gasps> you're kind of like drawn in. You're like, okay, this is gonna be cool. But if you say, how was your day? And I go <sighs> through my nose, you're like, you tense up a little bit. You're <laughs> like, wow, this sucks. Like your day was shit. She taught me some like breathing exercises to go through in the beginning, just kind of open up the pathway and stuff. That's kind of what I was doing here a little bit before the show. It stops that crackly sound in your voice when you like, it's when you're, it's because you're talking without breathing and uh, it starts to sound like choppy a little bit. Oh, you know I feel like I do that a lot then. Yeah, like this right here. Like, like <laughs> That's chop, just chop, chop, how chop, my chop. voice sounds all yeah, the time. It's because you're not breathing. I don't know how to talk and breathe at the same well, time. Well, you don't, but like <laughs> you just take more breaths as you're going and that that's going to help you sound a lot fuller. Or like when I get overly excited about mm-hmm. something I'm saying, I'll forget to take those breaths yeah so i'll try to cram it all into one breath and you can even hear it on the podcast sometimes where i'm just like well that's how you can tell when you're excited yeah yeah but it's not it's not good to listen to nobody wants so like this whole time i've been thinking i'm like i'm like okay you're starting to like kind of come down breathe and come back in um it also helps you too because you can take a breath think about what you're going to say sound a lot better um the last thing she had me do regularly was it's called the sucking K's and it helps raise your soft palate. So you're, you have more space in your mouth and it's like, uh, so you make the K sound out and then like us, us, the sucking K back in. And then you want to make one where like the back of your tongue. Yeah. Where the back of your tongue hits the roof of your mouth. So it's like, yeah, and you just do that like a couple times. Like, I, I suck K every night. Yeah. Gross. What's up, babe? So do that three to five times. Do it like three times a day. <laughs> Josh was too busy setting this all up when I first got here, but I was doing that while he was like. That's what you're doing? Yeah. Because now I, I looked at you while you're doing it. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Myra, when I first started doing it, she's like, are you choking? Are you dying? Are you okay? <laughs> she loves you and shit yeah yeah i got that done and then uh she also does some like image consulting too when i did the gamestop cast which was again PUBG, and it was broadcast to every gamestop in the nation i showed her that i said you know hey this is my most recent cast here you go and i wore my red button up and she's like red is like your color she's like everything you do 
you should be wearing something red. She's like, nice. it's just, it's just, it, it just pops for you. I was like, okay, cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Did that yeah. cost, did that cost extra? No, no. She just did that. Like, and what was nice about that one too, like in Vegas, you know, you get, it, you get flown out. You're part of this whole thing with GameStop. You know, it's, it was from my house. So it was like button up shirt shorts no shoes you know i thought you were gonna say no pants no well, underwear i mean shorts aren't pants so technically you're right <laughs> he wasn't wearing pants it was weird too because she's like i bet you played trombone when you were in band right it's like yeah she's like yeah people are like you blow good yeah people she's like you can tell like people's body and like what instrument they would play i have so many questions for her because yeah. she could like distinguish where people were from and she could distinguish the fact that they were in like a musical something or not. I have like, I, I like playing the games with people to see like, how well do you think you know me? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Can you get us cool? Get us her information after this. week. I, I really want to. Okay. I got some no shit. Problem. I want to yeah. ask this woman a lot. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. And then like, we went through the, the breathing, like, like I said, the breathing stuff. And that was kind of like to get everything from like the chest up to open up. And then you sound much more alive on the microphone. And then when I, so I do all that before the esports casting, like usually there's like a half hour or so before the cast and uh, we'll, you'll do all the sound checks and stuff and be ready to go. And then they're like, okay, like in a half hour, I'd be back. So then I do the warmups and then I would usually put on like some like hype music that I have oh, on my gym list and then I would idea. just start yeah. screaming it. Yeah. We got to start that's doing it. that. We're going to start doing that. 30 minutes before we start uh, recording, we'll start doing hype music. Hell yeah. Jack Johnson, better together. We're going to blast that no, shit. I don't like you that much. <laughs> so my heart will go on. <laughs> oh, dude, get fucking jacked. I don't know. Like, what kind of hype music do you listen to? Those, like, screaming, like, rah-rah music? Yeah, like, I, I usually rap. listen to a lot of stuff that has, like, it, like, I listen to a lot of, like, cocky 90s rap or oh, okay. very driving I feel like Laura would play a lot of rock music. Laura would play a lot of Cardi B. I feel like <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it helps you get in that mindset of like, you know, like when you're esports casting, they do expect you to be like some sort of like shout caster. Who's like, Oh my God, look at that fucking yeah. play. And um, <laughs> everyone pause. I have to do another line of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. I've heard rumors. But, you know. <laughs> um, so it, it just kind of helps you get into the zone and like be like really in the moment and stuff. And it it also doesn't help that it's, you know, exciting and you like what's happening. Thanks, Bill, for coming on and talking about literally any and everything. Yeah, it was Appreciate fun. It. Thanks for having me. You had a fun time, Bill? I did. It was my favorite part. All my shameless plugs. <laughs> I was kind of impressed, especially <laughs> when Josh pointed them out because I had no idea what they were. Yeah. Oh, Especially just, because of how natural they come, you know. And <laughs> don't we all come naturally? <laughs> I don't know about coming naturally, but Bill was getting real wet earlier. That's fine. Yeah, well, Josh made me that way. <laughs> Thanks for being here today, Bill. Is uh, do you want to do any more shameless plugs while you're here? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitch at Meaty Clackers. That's M E A T Y C L A C K R Z. Make sure you follow him before he does the ultimate return so that way you can be updated on the most current clacker business.
Yep. Or and you can follow me on Twitter too. Bill, now that we know how to get a hold of you, why don't you tell them how to get a hold of us? All right. So for my last shameless plug here, Woo-woo. you can get a hold of Dead Inside But Caffeinated all over social media. Instagram, possible Twitter to come, Facebook, and their Gmail account. All right. Josh, what's our Gmail account? Dead Inside Caffeinated Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for coming, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you. Hey-o. Okay, bye.